All right, welcome back to the big program. Just creeping up to uh, 10 o'clock here on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, David Schlemko, our co-host on um, Wednesdays from 9 to 11. Really, really excited to bring in our uh, next guest in studio. Uh, he came in from the uh, Doubletree Hotel. He's doing some speaking uh, in town. His name is Chris Cook, so if you get a chance, I just want to read you his bio on his website, and it's called, his website is ifican.ca. If you get a chance, go on here because it's unbelievable. So I'm just going to read the first little bit. Uh, I was born and raised in the small farming and ranching community of Natton, Alberta. It was clearly established early in my life I would not be raised with pity or sympathy. Within hours of when I was born, my grandma was informed that my parents gave birth to a healthy baby boy. However, I was missing both arms and both legs. Without any hesitation whatsoever, she simply pointed out the fact that Bruce, my father, Never did finish in anything he started. So that's the type of um, personality that our guest Chris Cook has. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming in. We go back a few years now, and it's always good to talk to you. How you doing? Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on. Good to see you again. I think uh, last time was over at the radio or the TV station. Yeah. I think it was right before the Edmonton Marathon, wasn't it? I think it might have been yeah. because you, you came into town because you've gone in how many marathons with your longboard? Uh Baker's dozen now. I think I'm at 13. 13. <laughs> yeah. So, and you've been all over the world in them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Done presentations and marathons in uh, yeah, Asia, Europe, obviously North America. Yeah. So, and you travel the world, you do motivational speaking, just kind of run through what you're trying to tell people about your life and who you are and where you came from, but not only who those who you're talking to where they are and where they can go yeah um well as you mentioned with my website my tagline is if i can and you know if a guy with arms and legs can do marathons work on the farm snowboard surf travel the world whatever we're all capable of doing some pretty awesome and amazing things and it's uh you know has nothing to do with arms and legs or physical ability it's that six inches of space between the ears and you know david you can <laughs> you know every every athlete says it's you know 90 percent mental 10 percent physical and you know that's you we get in our own way and uh you know i just i try to make sure i'm grateful for what i have instead of worrying about what i don't have and that's the thing i want to get across to whether it's you know adults that are working at north central co-op like i'm speaking to later today and last night or you know kids in a international school all the way over in Malaysia. Um, you know, you can, you're going to drive yourself crazy worrying about things that you can't con control or you can't change. Um, you know, concentrate on the thing that you have control over, which is your, you know, your own mindset. Mm -hmm. David, how do you relate in that sense? Yeah, that's huge. I think, uh, like you said, um, I mean, hockey wise, that's, so there's a lot of talented players. There's a lot more talented players than me that ended up uh, not making it. It's uh, it's a huge part of the game, the mental part. And, um, yeah, just uh, meeting you, it's a huge inspiration, honestly. It's uh, it's great to meet you. I'm uh, I'm wondering how you got into the motivational speaking world, being from Nanton. That's uh, quite a little town. I remember <laughs> yeah. I drive through there on my way to the mountains all the time. Yeah, yeah, we're known for a candy store and our airplanes, but uh, been to that we'll, candy store. But we don't have a runway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it actually it happened pretty organically. I was always asked to speak at local schools or Rotary Club events and stuff like that, and I was also very involved and still am very involved with the with the War War Amps uh, Child Amputee Program or Champ Program, and cool. uh, so did a lot of stuff with them. and And then I guess it got to a point where I, I love traveling, love seeing the world, and uh, the, the speaking 
you know, afforded me the opportunity to travel, basically, you know, travel to get to where I'm speaking to and travel so I have more to speak about is, is kind of how it all ended up happening. Uh, our text line is one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you want to fire off a question or a thought uh, with Chris Cook, if you get a chance, just check out the If I Can website. You'd be blown away by the things that this guy has accomplished. Um, I kind of addressed the story when we first met. Uh, well, I think it was the second time a few years back. But and then you told the story just in the break here about uh, when a buddy of yours or, or a guy was picking up at the airport. So just tell that story and it just shows, and it'll, it'll tell our, our listeners exactly the kind of uh, mindset you have about life and everything else. Yeah, I guess I use the humor a lot, use humor a lot in life and, and I find it's, it's a really good icebreaker. Um, when people are picking me up at the airport to take me to whatever conference I'm speaking at, they're, they're nervous, like, okay, well, do I shake his hand or how do I greet him? Can he get into the vehicle? They have all these worries and stuff like that. And, you know, if I can crack a joke right from the get-go, they'll realize, yeah, you know what, I really have nothing to worry about. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, Edmonton Airport here, and guy was picking me up and taking me out to uh, Wainwright. And uh, I said, well, I'll be up at the, the departures level um, at, the, at the Edmonton Airport. I said, it's way quieter over in U.S. departures right now. Mm-hmm. I said, uh I said, I'll be, the, uh, I'll be the guy without arms and legs on a skateboard. And I said, if there's more than one, then you better buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, what's the reaction when you, I mean, you meet people and they're unsure of how to approach you or unsure of how to engage you? Like, how do you make them feel comfortable? Uh, well, usually just the, the humor is a great, great icebreaker, like I said before. But I mean, you know, you just extend my arm out or whatever for a fist bump or a handshake or whatever, whatever feels natural to them. Um, I think, you know, if, if, or a simple, simple smile, like there's nothing (laughs) pun intended, nothing more disarming than, than somebody who's smiling and happy. So, uh, just, just those simple little things. I mean, you can see when somebody is, you know, that panic in their eyes, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to smooth this one over or whatever. So Chris, uh, what I'm wondering, growing up on a farm, how does uh, how does that work? Uh, working on a farm, maybe like harvest combining, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I literally uh, we're we're combining right now down by down by Cardston and and around home Nanton and Balkan, and uh, yeah, the equipment nowadays it's all pretty automated. You know, it's just push button and stuff like that. I can climb up the ladder and get in the combine tractor, whatever, no problem and uh operate it just as is if there is any modifications you know it's pretty simple simple fix nothing zip tie or duct tape won't uh (laughs) won't won't sort but uh yeah i i love farming and it's a nice it's a nice break i go from speaking in front of hundreds hundreds of people thousands of people you know airports hotels to being on the combine by myself and you know don't have to talk to a single soul all day long if you don't want to and being out in the you know the open air open open fields it's it's a it's a nice balance and i love farming love it 10.05 10.05 in uh, the Capital Region, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with our Wednesday co-host David Schlemko and our guest in studio, Chris Cook from Natton, Alberta, who's in town to do some uh, motivational speaking. Um, just to kind of stay with the farming aspect, and you get hired by other farmers like that are pressed up against it, right? And just because it's a time of year when guys are having a tough time getting their crops off the field. So how do they, like, do you get in, uh, like, are you on a schedule? How does that work for other farmers trying to get you to get the crop off? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, part of it is just hopefully the timing works out. I mean, I'm, I'm on the road doing presentations full time. 
So my uh, my my window to go and jump on the farm or jump on the combine tractor is is small. So I just uh, you know hopefully they need an extra guy I can jump on a combine tractor and, and help out for a week or two weeks or whatever. Uh, you know I grew up farming you know with my grandpa when I was a kid. They got out of the cropping side of things and moved into cattle. Uh, my brother still works cattle, yeah. uh, so it's it's in the family, but. You know, I've had some, I had some friends out in Manitoba. Um, my, my buddy's dad's health was, was failing. And so they were short one guy, um, <clears throat> on the family farm. So I was able to lend them a half a guy to go help them out with, uh, <laughs> with harvest last year. And I went and helped them put crops in this year. So yeah, it's, it's nice, you know, travel around. I've, I've run a, you know, peanut harvester in in georgia really so yeah it's pretty cool cool to see agriculture in different parts of the world how'd that Um, work in in middle georgia they don't call it central georgia it's middle georgia it's a place called tennel and hazard county on the dukes of hazard (laughs) that fits fits in with our theme today famous (laughs) dukes yeah so yeah it's middle georgia if if uh if you could replicate hazard county on the dukes of hazard (laughs) that's that's where it is yeah uh, so how did you get down there? What was that all about? Uh, I took an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, so I, uh, hey, I deserve that one, man. I deserve that one. <laughs> I, um, I spoke for the American Farm Bureau uh, in Pittsburgh a few years back and uh, ended up hanging out with a bunch of the guys from Georgia, and they had me down for the Georgia Farm Bureau and you know got to be good buddies uh, with a bunch of them down there. And, yeah, I, if I'm in the general area, I usually try and pop in and hang out for a little bit, go help out, or just uh, enjoy the hot, humid air and cold beer. <laughs> and you like to have a cold beer, don't you? I I, I do like beer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even 11 o'clock and you sound like a raging alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one thing. We've never had a, a cold beer together, but we're going to have one we'll one have of these days. We'll have to rectify that, sure. absolutely. Yes. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, let Dave kind of branch off a little bit to talk about how sports and maybe motivational speaking, if you can kind of maybe relate to that, Dave, of what Chris does on a, on a daily, um, not a daily, like whenever he's doing these conferences. So did you guys have guys come in and talk to you guys when you were playing and, and how did that work? And I'm sure it would be a similar message to what Chris tries to, to express. Yeah, you bet. Um, I've always been a big fan of, uh, especially the sports psychologists, um, when I was in Medicine Hat in junior, we worked with a guy named Saul Miller. He's out of Vancouver. Uh, I think he has a bookie, uh, book named uh, <laughs> book named Hockey Tough. Um, really good read for any young athlete out there. Um, worked with him a little bit in junior and a, a little bit in pro as well. Whenever whenever I was in Vancouver, um, and now it it goes even younger. I know at NAX in our program, um, we had a, a sports psychologist. Uh, I think she's from the University of Alberta. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge part, like Chris said, the mental side of the game now. Um, there's a lot of pressure, on, especially on these young athletes nowadays. I mean, they hit 13, 14, and they're already looking at the Bantam draft and the yeah. social media, and there's rankings that are just at a ridiculously young age. So uh, it's definitely huge to to have it between the ears again, as Chris said, and um, you know have that confidence and that focus. 
We want to let our listeners know that Lori Ann Munzer will be our Monday co-host. And basically, it's along the same line. She's a mindset coach, won the Olympic gold medal for Canada in 2004 in women's sprint cycling. Really excited to have her on Monday mornings. And she's also going to guest with Jason Greger just for a segment this Friday to kind of tell her story and get her started. So Chris Cook is our guest, a motivational speaker and world traveler, does tons of things, charitable events, things like that. So how, how did you, when you started doing the motivational speaking circuit, how did you kind of branch out to where now people are calling you and now they want you to come to everywhere across the planet? Uh, it, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I started putting myself out there to pursue it as a full-time gig, literally mm-hmm. sending hundreds of emails to schools and getting five or six responses and two yeses and you know traveling out to mcbride bc on a greyhound <laughs> um and uh you know losing more money than i was making and then uh yeah just started to grow bit by bit but there was a video that came out uh, uh my buddy filmed it on his uh farm down in southern california and was on the oprah winfrey network and she shared it on her social media and when oprah says you should check this guy out people tend to listen so yeah. it got really really busy and i'm i'm lucky enough now uh, I, I do work with an agency out of out of toronto there's a calgary office as well speaker spotlight but you know it's i'm fortunate enough that the the events are or the you know presentation opportunities are coming to me uh you know you speak at like i said american farm bureau in pittsburgh and you know you get eight other presentations coming out of that so i mean that's predicated on me doing a good job but uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I guess to, to sports psychology and, and, and athletes, I've been lucky enough to do some stuff with uh, with teams. Florida Gators football team was, cool. was one of the cool ones I got to got awesome. to do. But Jeep uh, uh, here in Sebia uh, used to be a catcher with the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, he went through some pretty rough you know mental health times. And he watched one of my TED talks and reached out on social media, and uh, you know, we got to be friends on on Instagram. And this spring, I. I said, I'm going to come down and watch some, watch some uh, spring ball. I said, uh, you know, it's 20 below up here, and yeah. I've got vital organs too close to the ground, so I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I uh, went down, and he says, yeah, we'll, we'll show you around the facility. And uh, he goes, if you're okay, I'd, I'd love you to, to do a presentation. I'm like, yeah, I think we can probably, probably figure something out. So, yeah, I've done some stuff with the AAA Syracuse Mets and the single-A Brooklyn Cyclones and, and you know, got to hang out with guys like uh, – Oh, what's ah oh, shoot! I, well, Vogelbach. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Daniel Vogel. Yeah, yeah. Um, plays Luke, for the Mets now. Luke Voigt. He was in AAA Syracuse okay. and uh, hung out and had some beers with him. And he was talking about uh, he's from St. Louis and he got to be good friends with Pat Maroon when uh, when the big rig was in St. Louis. Yeah, and uh, they had an opportunity to go golf with John Daly. Oh, and cool. uh, he said cool. it was pretty cool. He said by the third hole, he was barefoot. Um, <laughs> he had a dart going the whole time, never, never not a cigarette in his mouth. And he said he was averaging about a beer, just under a beer hole. Yeah. And he shot a 67. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. unreal. And you, you play sports. You like, I mean, you're, you're the, the social media posts, like the, the last one or one of the last ones, you're kayaking, you're doing everything. So, I mean, how did, how did sports kind of help you get to where you are? Well, I think uh, <clears throat> sports is a great outlet. Um, you know, I mean, obviously staying active, uh, keeping in shape, keeping the body moving, oxygen flowing to the brain. You know, if you're going through a rough patch, I, or if I'm going through a rough patch, I'll jump on my board and go for 5, 10K or whatever. 
and uh, you know maybe doesn't make all the problems go away, but you're at least thinking it thinking it through in a, a clear mindset, yeah. rather than you know sitting on the couch with you know a case of beer and <laughs> throwing a pity party, feeling sorry for yourself. So uh, and I I don't know I, I I encourage people to take themselves out of their comfort zone. And I don't want to just be talking to talk. I want to be, you know, leading by example. So doing things like marathons or going kayaking or whatever. Um, you know, there's not a thing that you could recommend or suggest that I, you know, try out that I probably either A, haven't already tried out, B, thought about. Um, and if it's something that I haven't thought of before, I'm definitely willing to to give it a go. Have you got anything on the go here coming up? I mean, I, the one you jumped off that cliff, I think, right? Or into that... Oh, I think where, where was I was that? Doing backflips into yeah. cenotes in Cancun or yeah. Tulum or wherever that was. Where, yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was in yeah. Tulum, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that all about? Oh, well, family vacation. My brother and his <laughs> wife and I and a couple other friends. Yeah, just went and found a big water hole to jump into. But <laughs> how uh, far was the drop? Uh it was fifteen feet. Oh, okay. Um, nothing too. Nothing well, too looked gnarly. pretty. Looked pretty <laughs> far to go for me. Good, Dave. You got good any? camera angles. Yeah. So how did you get into the TED Talks? That's a pretty uh, prestigious thing, isn't it? You know, it, it's funny. Before I did my TED Talk, everybody was asking, have you done a TED Talk yet? Have you done a TED Talk yet? No. Now I've done a TED Talk. Nobody asked me if I've done a TED Talk. <laughs> but uh, no, I, uh, I got an email from uh, Binghamton University. Um, you know, asked me if I'd be interested in, in doing a TED Talk. And yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So yeah, I went down, went down there, did a TED Talk. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been pretty fortunate I, uh, you know, the TED Talk, I've done a talk at Google. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the guys uh, speaking last night at North Central Co-op was uh, was talking about the top 10 most successful brands. And I was looking at it and I was like, geez, I've, I've done presentations <laughs> for two, three, and four, which is Apple, Google, and Microsoft. So, yeah. That's but pretty I, darn good. You know, yeah. and those ones, and then, you know, S- small schools in middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan, or middle of nowhere, Manitoba, going to Hutterite Colony, doing presentation there. <laughs> you know, I I love it all. It's it's a it's a fun way to make a living, and and you know the best part about it is you can make a positive impact on people. So you got the co-op tonight, and then you're heading back to Natan to do some combining. What else is on the, the agenda here in the near future for yeah, you? Yeah, I've got a pretty busy fall coming up. <clears throat> uh, well, I promised the Brooklyn Cyclones if they made her into the playoffs, then I think they're a game and a half up. Uh, in first place, I promised them if they made the playoffs, I'd sneak down there for for some of their <laughs> playoff games. But uh, yeah, I've got pretty busy fall. I think Watford City, North Dakota. Um, some are more glorious than others, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Watford City, North Dakota, and then up to Yellowknife and Norman Wells, and then over to London, Ontario, and then down to Manzanillo, Mexico, and then yeah. over to Newark, New Jersey, and then cardston alberta so yeah just a little bit of everything everywhere but it's i love it I, you don't discriminate <laughs> hey you, no you no do it all. no I, I jokingly tell people i'll talk to anybody <laughs> who will listen but no it's it's true i you know any any walk of life any group any yeah. size it doesn't matter it's it's all it's all a lot of fun and you meet some incredible people and see some pretty neat places that's well, awesome and you're one of the coolest guys i ever met i think dave you, you'd echo the same thing you met him for 20 minutes here so yeah, very, uh, very inspirational, and uh, yeah, while well, we're on the perseverance uh, piece yes, today, right? That's right. So and then you go know, here's Dave, never drafted on the Greyhound bus, and <laughs> yeah. probably flying first class now, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I still fly coach. I don't need the leg room as bad as some people. So. 
<laughs> uh, your mom is a flight attendant, right? My mom, my mom is a flight attendant, and uh, yeah, I have been bumped up to first class on one flight. But, <laughs> oh, just uh, one? Right it, was, it wasn't her, her doing. Oh, she would have yeah. put me back by the lavatory if she had a choice. <laughs> Oh, man, you made us laugh this morning. So thanks for coming in, Chris. And I'm sure we're going to hook up with you again because it's just been great to talk to you. And uh, we wish you the very best uh, with your uh, speech tonight and your, uh, at the, with the co-op. And then uh, you got to get back on that combine. I mean, you've got to get these crops off, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, no rest for the wicked. Thank right. you very much for having me. Yeah. I appreciate Pleasure it. Pleasure to meet thanks you, Thanks for Chris. coming in. That's uh, Chris Cook, a motivational speaker. Check his website out, ifican.ca. It's... Truly amazing all the things that he's accomplished and done uh, worldwide and uh, really makes you feel better after you talk to him and just see what he has accomplished uh, so far in his life. Uh, it's a 1018. Uh, we're back with uh, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears football team, Chris Morris, when we return on the Kevin Carrier Show right here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the big program, uh, 1021, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko. And man, it, it, so it's 1020, you came in at nine. Does it feel like you've been here for hour and 20, hour and a half? No. It's no, gone it's, fast, it's hasn't it? What'd you think of Chris Cook? Absolute beauty. Yeah, what a story. Uh, huge inspiration for sure. I mean, then, you know, we just got a picture taken with him. He's going to probably post it on Twitter here right away, and we'll, I'll, I'll resend that out because he... Again, and what did he say when he said, well, next time I'm in town, like when we schedule something so we can have a quick beer together, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's just how he is. Like, I mean, he's just an awesome, awesome dude for sure. Uh, so let's bring in uh, Chris Morris, uh, Alberta Golden Bears football coach. Uh, Chris, uh, how's it going, Kevin and David with you here on Sports 1440? How's the week been going after your first win of the season in Calgary last week? Hey, guys. Yeah, it's going well. We've had a good week. We had a great practice yesterday. It was rain, but uh, mm-hmm. we got a good group here. They had a lot of fun. They were competing. It was uh, it was a really good practice. How was that game in Calgary? Yeah, you know, it's 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 it was good. It's good. We've we've you know we beat them through the last four. We played them now, so we're we're feeling pretty good about matching up with them. You know as well as I do. For my first few years here, that was a, <laughs> that was kind of a beat down when we go down there. They were quite a bit ahead of us in a lot of ways. So we we feel very good about you know how we match up with them now. And we 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 had a very good game on uh, on Friday. It was a thirty three nine win, Chris. Uh, who helped uh, you get to that victory? Yeah, I think overall we just we, we controlled the lines of scrimmage. Like we we're we we're, we're pretty physical up front with them. Um, our quarterback is outstanding, and he made a lot of good decisions. Carter Kettle, a great receiver from Grand Prairie, um, had a great game. And our defense, honestly, we held them, you know, we held them to, to, you know, meager yards. Like our defense was very, very good. Reese Flunder, a kid from Red Deer, was was all over the field and making plays and being very physical for us. So we had a very good game all around. It was a, it was a complete team victory. Right on, Chris. Uh, Dave Schlemko here. Uh, just wondering about Manitoba this Friday. Uh, what are you looking forward to with them? Yeah, they're always good. Manitoba's got, uh, you know, Dolby does such a great job over there running this program. They always have a mature team, so you're, you're you know, you're always going to be playing against grown men. Um, they have a very, very talented group on defense. Offensively, they have, I think, one of the best receivers in the in the country with Gasama. I think he's one of the most dynamic players in the nation. Uh, they have a good young quarterback who scrambles around quite a bit. Tachinsky's his name. He plays, you know, he's right from Vincent Massey, right in in Winnipeg. So he's a hometown kid playing quarterback for him. They present some challenges, and you know we're we're going to have to be bang on to be uh, to be competitive with them. But we're we're excited for the challenge. Uh, Chris, do you buy in uh, preseason rankings? I mean, they always come out the coaches poll or whatever you call it. How much uh, weight do you put on that? 
Yeah, I don't care about that. I, 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 I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I like that. All, all that stuff to me is kind of just noise, right? So we're just we're just gonna take our little group here and work as hard as we can and see where we go with it. That's that's what we'll do here. Yeah. So we've talked about this program for a long time, you and I, and where it was, where it is, where it needs to go. Um, how happy are you with that direction in the course of the number of years that you've been here? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I took over 11 years ago now, right? And it was the worst team in the country. Like, they hadn't won in three years. It was a bit of a disaster, right? And we couldn't match up really almost anywhere. And uh, just the culture and the, the, the process it took to get, like, you know, you look at where you want to get to, which is Laval, you know, Saskatchewan, teams that perennially win, Calgary. Um, and it's like, okay, there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done. And, you know, for us, it started in the classroom and making sure that we had kids here for five years and making sure that they were successful in the classroom. And we have a very, very high graduation right now. It's in the, the high 90s. Um, we have a lot of kids here that come in and they, they have good careers. They're here for their whole their whole expectancy, their whole, you know, eligibility. Um, the process has been step by step and we've, we've shown improvement every year. Um, we have a great strength program here now. We've had to build that from scratch as well. And, you know, we have a bunch of kids now that go to the CFL. You know, Carter O'Donnell just made a made a roster down in the NFL. So we, mm-hmm. we feel very good about where we've gone with this thing. Like, we're, we've are we been a top-10 team three of the last four years in the country. We've been playoffs three of the last four years. We, we feel we're we're right knocking on the door to be considered one of the top teams in the nation. And it's, you know, it's a tribute to all the kids who have come through here because it was tough sledding for those first few years, and it was – you know, it's been hard to, to build up. You know, this is one of the best academic institutions in the world. And for us to be competitive on the football field with that and with, um, you know, just overcoming some of the cultural things that existed, I, I think we're we're in a really good spot, Kevin. I'm really proud of the kids that are here, and I'm, I'm even more proud of the kids that have been here for the last 10 years that have sort of just kept waiting forward because it's not always been positive. You know, there's always been lots of people's opinion about what should be done and what shouldn't be done, and... You know, I think we've built this the right way. We're a very, very academically centered uh, group. Lots of kids going on to be successful both on and off the field, and we feel we're competitive with anybody in the country now. So we're excited about where we're at, and we're uh, we're even more excited to, you know, look forward to the next little bit here. Chris, you mentioned Laval. Um, myself living in Montreal for a couple of years playing hockey, um, I know that they've been uh, kind of a perennial powerhouse in the, in the CIS over the years. Um, is that kind of a program that you look to uh, kind of emulate as you're building your culture? Yeah, it's interesting with Laval. They have such a corporate model compared to us, right? Like Laval's basically adopted by the corporate community in Quebec City there, and the funding for them comes from, you know, corporate corporate sponsorship. Um, we have some of that here. We have alumni sponsorship. We partnership with the Edmonton Elks, obviously. So our, our funding model's a little bit different. And, you know, guys, people can say whatever they want about about you know, football teams and youth sports and, and, and building something. If you don't have the finances behind you, if you don't have your alumni behind you, if you don't have financial backing, then you don't have a scholarship base. If you don't have a scholarship base, you know, you can't attract the top players in the country. And that's what you need to be able to do. And Laval does that. You know, they pull the top kids from Quebec. You know, Montreal's given them a little bit of a pushback here in the last few years. Montreal's pulling lots of those kids as well. But that's that's how you become competitive and that's how you win is you just you have to have the resources to have scholarships and then after you have the resources to have scholarships then you need to build enough resources to have staffing you know the top teams have seven eight full-time staff members in canada you know we started off here it was me and another guy right so it's it's one of those where you're like now we're you know we have 
you know, five or six guys around here. Now they're not all full-time employees, but they're around here during the season full-time. So, like, we're at a spot here now where we feel we're competitive, not just from a scholarship standpoint and from a funding model, but with the coaching we can provide for the kids. And, and yeah, Laval was, if you look at 10 years ago, and it was like, okay, how do we build? You'd looked at Laval from a, from a football organization standpoint. Okay, can we get to that? But the, the model we had to use to get there from a financing standpoint was very, very different. So, yes, we use them as a model, but just, just in certain ways. Alberta Golden Bears head coach Chris Morris is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlimko. He'll be with us every Wednesday, 9 to 11. Uh, Chris, when you mentioned uh, Carter O'Donnell, that has to be such a feather in the cap to the program. So he went down to Indy, then he made the 53-man roster, was put on waivers, and then claimed by Arizona. What's that mean to the program to have that happen at this level? Yeah, it's really good. Carter's such a good kid. Like, he came here, like, I recruited him out of, he's out of Lindsay Thurber and Red Deer, right? So he he's really was, didn't play, like, big-time football. A lot of these kids now go down to all these American camps and do all these things. Like, Carter was just just a, a very, very talented kid that came here and, and played. So it's it's really fun to watch his, his success. He's such a down-to-earth kid, too. He's such a good kid that uh, it's fun to watch him. It's uh, He overcame last year. He had a Liz Frank injury at the beginning of the year missed the whole year they saw something in him that you know that i've always seen he's just such a good character person and such a hard worker he came back from that and this year he made their team and you know i think i think when i look at carter i think that's a guy i think that could play down there for quite a while he's got lots of athleticism so for us as a program kevin like i like i coached him when he was here as, as the o-line coach and like someone like that you just don't mess up like he's just really good so it's, it's one of those things where i'm sure i taught him some things but that's a that's an elite athlete so those are the kind of guys you need to bring in you try to you try to just keep them on course and they're gonna the nfl will find guys like that and that's you, know, you always tell kids a lot of kids want to go around the ncaa and like you know i gotta go down there if i'm gonna get noticed it's like that's not really true like if you're good enough the nfl is gonna find you and they find you up here in new sports just like they would if you were down in the ncaa well, it's got to be a huge recruiting tool for the program as well. Uh, yeah, you know what? We've got the, like three or th- three out of the starting centers in the CFL are all our guys, right? <laughs> we, we we got lots of guys in the pros now, so that's not like we, we've done that consistently for a while. So we feel good about how we develop players. Like our strength and conditioning program here, like our, our strength coach Smith right here does such a good job, and we demand that these kids work tremendously hard year round. So it's it's really tough to be here, and that's you know you start looking at like where do you want to go play and what do you want to do? Like our model is designed to have guys become pro guys. And so if you're here for four or five years, you're going to, you're going to work at that level. And for some guys, it's too much. You get guys in and they're like, you know, <laughs> you get to 6 a.m. in February and it's the third time that week they had to be there. And if they come in and they're like, man, I don't know that I love football anymore, coach. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, is, it is what it is, man. Like, you know what I mean? That's if you want to compete against the, the best in the country, that's the kind of work level you got to put in. And I think the nice thing that's happened over the last few years here is I've got a group of kids right now that they've embraced it. Like before, it was like almost fighting guys. It was almost like trying to convince them that that's what they needed to do. And these guys want more. Like I got some tremendous leadership on my team here with Hetlinger and Peterson and Blackburn. And there's some guys here that just like they want to work and they they want more. They don't want to just get up at six and be here. They want to you know work people and they want more mm-hmm. sessions. And they're like, when else can we get on the field? So it's it's a nice cultural thing we have that's taken a while to develop but it feels really good right now that's awesome um just speaking on that work ethic and the buy-in uh do you think you could talk a little bit about uh maybe the balance between school and football at the university level 
Yeah, and I think that's, you know, every school's different. And, and I'll say this to the day I go on, under the ground here. Like, the U of A has challenges. Like, it is a very, very prestigious and rigorous academic institution. So when you bring guys in here, you got to make sure you understand. Like, if, like you, I'm going to look a kid in the eye, and I'm going to say, look, my, my goal is here for 100% graduation, and that you, you graduate not just with some degree or, with, you know, do a bunch of loose courses. I want you to degree from a meaningful program, like a business degree, an education degree, engineering. And we've got kids that are in many, many professional degrees in our locker room. You know, for us, it, we have to make sure we support these guys because it's not – easy to come to U of A and graduate from a program and go on to play football beyond here. It's more challenging than it is a lot of other places. So for us, like one of the first things we put in, I've talked about this many times, is our academic supports. Like we have a great support program here. We, we pre-assess all the kids who come in. So I know where they are from a learning standpoint. I know what their cognitive skills are, their literacy skills, their numeracy skills. And right from the time they get here, like two weeks before school starts, they're, in, they're with our academic support team. And our academic support team creates learning plans for them and make sure that they're on top of their studies. They, they meet with them four times a week all through the course of the year. They have tutors that are sponsored. RBC is a huge sponsor of ours for, um, for our academic support program. And so is Jerry Sake, uh, a pharmacist who's a former player here. We, like, we, we have a great system built up to make sure our kids are successful. Like, you, we, that 97% success rate here academically, that came from building a support program. So when you talk about like, balancing for the kids here, we built something to help them with that. Now, you still need the right kind of guy. When I'm recruiting, I'm, I'm very clear. Like, if you don't like school, this isn't the place for you. Like, you got to like school. you got to like to learn. you gotta be part. You got to want to be part of like, a good academic institution. Um, and I, and I got to sort of feel that out because everybody loves football. Like all the kids that want to play, want to play university football. There's, well, they think they do anyway, but the, the school piece is the one you got to make sure you're, you're careful with here. Uh, one last one for Chris Morris, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. So Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff at Footfield. I guess it's kind of the homecoming game. What could fans expect atmosphere-wise uh, if they were to come out to Footfield, which is a fabulous place to watch a football game? Yeah, the last few years of homecoming, for quite a few years now, it's been pretty much a sellout. So the whole stadium's filled, the, hill, the hill's filled up with people sitting on that as well. Um, great, great environment. It's a fun environment. Like our alumni our alumni sit right behind the opposing bench and tackle those guys. <laughs> I don't know how much they appreciate it, but the alumni do a great job of, of creating that environment. The kids have a great time. Like all the kids from school here get in free, so they come in and they enjoy it and have a have a really good time. And the uh, the event staff here do a good job putting on a show. So it's it's a really, really cool environment here. The stadium's perfect for university football here in Canada. It's just the right size, and when it's full, it's a really fun, dynamic environment. So I encourage people to come on down. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Chris, thanks for this. We wish you the very best on Friday night against the Bisons. Thanks, Kevin. Much appreciated. All right, that's head coach Chris Morris of the Alberta Golden Bears. It's the uh, Bears and Bisons Friday night, 7 o'clock, foot field, University of Manitoba, which just happens to be the alma mater of our Friday co-host, and that is Eddie Steele. Used to play for the Elks, used to play for the um, uh, Saskatchewan Roughriders, and then Hamilton even before. Eddie Steele will be joining us 7 to 9 
uh, on Friday. So we're looking forward to have Eddie's opinions on uh, football and everything else. And I mean, Eddie's a, 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 a disciple, I guess you could say, or he was mentored by Brian Doby in the University of Manitoba. So Eddie, I'm sure, is going to have a lot of great things to say about uh, Brian Doby. So uh, Canada wins 100-89 to over Slovenia at the FIBA Basketball World Championship. Uh, uh, it's a situation where Canada now goes into the semifinals. Arash Madani has been covering the team in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, over there. So he will join us. After the break on the Kevin Carey show with uh, David Schlemko on 1440, Sports 1440, Edmonton. Welcome back to the big program, 1039 in the Capital Region. Very excited to to close out the show here. We've got a real special guest coming up that's been a very busy guy today. So just before we get to him, our co-host on Wednesdays is David Schlemko. And this is a question from Schlem for Schlem from our Sports 1440 text line. You can get it at 833-401-1440. Question for Schlem. Would you say that Thursday night hockey every Thursday at Nate after your professional career really helped you find maybe some missing holes in your game from Brugge? <laughs> I highly doubt it. But. Thursday night hockey. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a little scrimmage once a week that I have with uh, some buddies I grew up with and uh, actually some of their dads who started it, I think. So, uh some of the old timers are still around, and uh, no, it's it's just a good time. We have a little scrimmage every Thursday. the The pace isn't quite uh, NHL pace, but it's a good time <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and you're my D partner for Oilers alumni skates, which helps me out a lot. So, uh, well, let's welcome in Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet, uh, taking some time out of his busy schedule covering the Canada Slovenia game today, 100 to 89. Thanks for doing this, Arash. Uh, man, what was it like to be there again today after what? happened against Spain but just the thoughts on the atmosphere and how this team is really coming together well I mean Canada is into the semifinals of the World Cup of basketball like we are a now top four nation in the world when it comes to the second most second biggest participation sport in the world and Canada has itself an absolute megastar who, if he played in a bigger NBA market, would be a not only a household name, but a household name by first name and initials. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander, today, of Hamilton, Ontario, scored more than 30 points and grabbed double-digit rebounds, which nobody has done in a World Cup since the mid-'90s. And afterwards, Slovenia's coach just said, Canada has the tools to win this whole thing. What's um, that mean to you? Like, that's say, just crazy. I, well, it is, and it isn't. Um, hear me out on this. Sure. When you think about participation in the NBA, obviously, you know, from, from different countries, the country most represented with NBA players is the United States. But afterwards, you know, you think about Spain with the Gasols and Calderon and and, you know, Jorge Garbajosa and, and everybody else that they've had over the years. You think of France with Rudy Gobert and Evan Fournier and Joel Embiid. You, you think of Argentina with Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker with France. Canada has the second most, in terms of countries, country representation, after the United States, there are more Canadians playing in the NBA than any other country, not named USA. 
Like we have, for a long time, there was this question of what if. Mm-hmm. What if they all play? What if it all comes together one summer? What if there's buy-in? And now it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who is first-team All-NBA, like a top-five player in the NBA. The only other Canadian to ever do it is Steve Nash, R.J. Barrett, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Dylan Brooks. Like, And these dudes have bought into roles. These dudes have bought into what... You know, they want badly to get to the back to the Olympics. They just have done that for the first time since 2000. And now they are two wins away from being world champions. It's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable, Rush. Um, you think you could speak a little bit to the atmosphere over there in the tournament? Well, it's amazing. Like, we're in the Philippines right now, and basketball is the number one sport here. Uh, they had 20,000 people in the building today. Every time Brooks touched the ball, there were boos. He's the biggest villain in the sport. <laughs> but, you know, this this story, the Canadian story, has taken over the entire tournament. Because while a lot of people should have seen it coming, nobody really did. Um, they were on the brink of elimination against Spain on Sunday. And then down the stretch, it was SGA. You know, Shea outscored Spain in the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks has just been ruthless defensively. And, you know, one thing, Shea's not an emotional guy, but afterwards he just said, you know, we let the basketball world know we're here. Arash Madani is our special guest uh, from Manila. From Manila. So, I mean, for him to take time out after covering this team, absolutely remarkable. Uh, Kevin Carries on Sports 1440, along with our Wednesday co-host, co-host David Schlemko. Uh, Arash, I think the last time I saw you covering anything when we were covering something together was the Grey Cup in Regina. And we went out for dinner with Rod sure. Peterson and things like that. But So out of all the things you've covered over the years, and you've covered many things, where do you rank this up there? Because this is a special thing that's happening. Where do you rank it? Well... Well, it's neat because it's the coming of age of a program. It's it's really, you know, the start of something. That you're basically watching, you know, the evolution of something happen right before your, your very eyes. And, you know, it, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the best way to say this. People are now starting to take Canada basketball seriously. Mm-hmm after they hadn't for a long time. And you can understand why. Again, hadn't been in the Olympics in Sydney 2000 um, when Steve Nash and company were doing it. And, you know, there were all these players who were coming, but now they've finally come together. And every bit of the imagination of what it could be is now becoming a reality. So to have a front row seat for it is pretty damn cool. If you've got a quick question for Arash Madani in the Philippines, you can text us to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 401 Dave, have you got something that you wanted to add to Arash or just with the atmosphere and everything else? Yeah, just a question, Arash. Um, this great showing by the national team here. Uh, what do you think this is going to do for the sport of basketball in Canada moving forward? Well, uh, I, I think when you think about it through the lens of what's gone on over the last four years starting with the Raptors winning the championship. I don't know what it was like in Edmonton, but I live in southwestern Ontario, and in a lot of suburbs, cul-de-sacs, I saw a lot more basketball hoops going up there. Um, Kelly Olynyk's the captain of his Canadian team. Kelly's from Kamloops, B.C. 
And Kelly was nine years old when Nash and those boys were at the Sydney Olympics. And he remembers sitting in Aunt Janine's living room at four in the morning watching that. And he said to himself, man, I want to do that. I want to play in the Olympics for Canada. When he was nine. And now he's 33. And he's the captain of the team that's taking the program to the Olympics. And one thing Kelly said was, look, we set ourselves three goals. One, get to the Olympics. Check. Two is to win the whole damn thing. They're two wins away. But he said the third is to inspire that next generation. The, the, uh, the next kid who might be sitting in a living room or on a couch or just, just watching it on their phone saying, man, is that ever cool. They want the way these guys talk about Nash. They're hoping that some kid is going to look up to them and say, hey, remember the summer of 2023? That's what made me want to do this. How much do you think, Arash, you know, when the Raptors won the NBA championship, how much did that, was it kind of a foreshadowing of what we're seeing today? Uh, not, not at all. I, I think that what's more, this group is the Vince Carter generation. A little bit of a Steve Nash generation, but I think when you talk to a lot of these guys and say what got you into basketball was watching Vince Carter be larger than life with those crazy dunks when he was a Raptor. Yeah. And the idea that basketball can exist in this country, the NBA can exist in this country, and that a megastar like that is in your own backyard, and they, you know, they're mesmerized by him. So I think it was that more than 2019. And what happens when Jamal Murray joins this team for next year? Right. Yeah, I mean, look, Jamal was the second most important player in the entire NBA playoffs. And, you know, he was bat, he was Robin to Batman. Nikola Jokic was, was the guy. And Andrew Wiggins could be a part of this next summer. Like, guys, when you think back, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years, if you were the 11th or 12th guy on the bench in the NBA and you happen to be from Canada – you're guaranteed a spot on the national team. Now there are legit NBA rotation players who are going to get cut next summer for the Olympic program. Like, that's how good, that's how much depth, that's how much quality there exists with talent in the basketball pipeline in Canada now. Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet covering the FIBA World Cup in Manila after Canada wins 100-89 to over Slovenia today to move on to the semifinals. What's the schedule now for you even, Arash, and the team moving forward here in the next few days? They have a practice day tomorrow. They get Serbia on Friday. Sorry, I've lost track of days. Um, they get Serbia Friday. It's going to be early in the morning. It's basically late Thursday night in Edmonton. It's like 2.30 in the mm-hmm. morning mountain time. And Serbia is a, is a power, but they're without Nikola Jokic, just like Canada doesn't have Jamal Murray. But Serbia's been a power, a world power for, for a long time. Look, you get the semifinals of a, of a World Cup, any kind of world championship. Not only are you playing for keeps, but there's no, there's no cream puffs left now. <laughs> so the one thing Canada did today, guys... Well, I guess two things. One, they're up against Luka Doncic. 
And they absolutely frustrated the living hell out of him. They hounded him. They bumped him. They attacked him uh, to the point where Luca got himself ejected with two technicals. And Canada's perimeter defending is their hallmark. So expect that against Serbia. The other is they want to run. They want to make this up-tempo. They want to play with pace. By the fourth quarter of this game against Slovenia, just like the fourth quarter against Spain, both of those teams were running on fumes. Both of them were gassed. That's what Canada wants to do against them. And so, you know, this is it. They have a practice day tomorrow. They play on Friday. If they beat Serbia, it's on to the gold medal game, likely against USA. Now, think about that. Canada is one win away from likely playing the United States for the World Championships of Basketball. How huge, how huge do you think that would be for uh, Canadian basketball? <laughs> like you said, that, that next generation yeah. kind of instilling that, uh, that belief that they can make it to the highest level. Like, I, and, and I know I'm, I'm speaking to a, uh, to a hockey-centric show, but <laughs> let's think about what's gone on in Canadian sports here over the last 18 months. That Canada punched its ticket to the World Cup of soccer, for the first time since 1986, with uh, some Edmontonian named Davies <laughs> or something. Um, he might have a future in the game. And now basketball is doing this. Like, for a long time, we were known as, quote-unquote, just a hockey country. We are not. We are a global sports power. And we're about to go to the Olympics next summer, not just in basketball, but we just had another decathlete mm-hmm. become the world champion in track and field, not to be confused with Damian Warner, who was the world champion decathlete at the last Olympics. Um, Summer McIntosh might be the next phenom swimmer. Um, Marco, a rope from right here. there with Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps. Yeah, I mean, look, we are we are showing our stripes as a multi-sport power globally, and it's pretty damn cool to uh, watch it all unfold. Well, I want to thank you for doing this, uh, Arash, on the kind of short notice uh, I don't what time is it there uh, coming up on one in the morning I think wow. well, here I thought I you were going to be uh, be able to or just ordering room service or what are you doing what are you going to do for a nice little meal after a big no, win no in, in the Uber on the way back to the hotel and <laughs> who even knows oh well have fun tonight <laughs> who even maybe knows? you can be the uh, it'll be the thriller in Manila for a Rosh Madani <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, thanks th- for having me, guys. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet Canada with a big game, big win over S- Slovenia to move on to Serbia and the uh, semifinal. So, uh, David Schlemko, I want to thank you for being our uh, co-host today to start things off every Wednesday. What would you think? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Time just flew by? You bet. Time just flew by for sure. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with you. We're going to get, as I said, I mean, David's going to facilitate a guy like Paul Bissonnette. Former teammates will be coming on over the course of the ne- next few weeks. So we're really looking forward to having Dave on every, every Wednesday. We'd like to really thank our guests for today. Uh, and we will be rescheduling Ron Chazowski, not Rob Tichkowski, Ron Chazowski. 
and that'll happen at a later date. Probably tomorrow, I think it's going to be right off the hop at about 7.40, I think, tomorrow for Ron. Uh, Mark Spector at 8 o'clock. We had uh, Darren Ravel was our, supposed to be our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. We have re- rescheduled uh, Mr. Ravel uh, for a later date, so we apologize for that. Rick Lollisher from the... Edmonton Elks came on. The Elks getting ready for a big game against uh, Calgary on Saturday. Of course, David Schlemko, Chris Cook. Can you get more inspired than that? Man, it was cool to have him in the studio. And Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet covering the FIBA World Cup. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a jam-packed show again, and we will introduce our Thursday co-host, which will be Ladislav Schmid from 8 to 10. Uh, did you cross paths with Laddie a lot, uh, Schlemmer? Yeah, uh, I played with Laddie Daddy in Calgary a little bit <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see him around Edmonton all the time. Yeah, no question. So he'll be our, our co-host tomorrow from 8 to 10. Looking forward to having Ladislav Schmid on. Our headliner for the day tomorrow will be Frank Saravelli. And, of course, we'll have Mark Spector on at 8 o'clock. Uh, Saravelli on at 8.20 as our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. So that's about uh, going to wrap it up for us uh, today. Stay tuned. We're going to have uh, at 11, we'll have the uh, Fantasy Friends with the Duke, Brandon Douglas and Connor Halley. Then at 12, it's the lowdown with Low Tide with Alan Mitchell. He goes till 2. And then Jason Greger will take you home from 2 to 6 on the Jason Greger Show. This has been the Kevin Carey Show. Thanks for everybody for listening today. Time now to wrap things up with a sports update by the Duke.